But never in the northern ten tribes was there a good king. They were all idolatrous, evil. So that was the first thing. The second thing was there were nine different dynasties in Israel, in the northern ten tribes. Nine different dynasties. And it was broken. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, became king over Israel. This was the beginning of the fulfillment of a promise made to Jehu. God promised him that his descendants would sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. This dynasty, though founded on a violent overthrow of the previous royal house, continued because Yehu came to the throne doing the will of God. However, Yehu also slipped into the idolatry of Jeroboam. Jehoiahaz followed the footsteps of both Jeroboam and his father Yehu. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he begins chapter 13 in the book of 2 Kings. Open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 13. Very interesting chapter. And I think we're just going to read down through the first 13 verses, and then we're going to go back and we're going to start getting into it, just to kind of get the, the flow of it. Notice in verse uh, chapter 13, verse 1, it says, In the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, Jehoiahaz, the son of Jehu, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 17 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and followed the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel to sin, and he did not depart from them. And then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and he delivered them into the hand of Hazael, king of Syria, and into the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazael, all their days. And so Jehoiahaz pleaded, notice, <laughs> I love this, it's hard for me not to, to stop and just, but, <laughs> so Jehoiahaz pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord listened to him, for he saw the oppression of Israel because the king of Syria oppressed them. And then the Lord gave Israel a deliverer so that they escaped from under the hand of the Syrians, and the children of Israel dwelt in their tents as before. Nevertheless, they did not depart from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who had made Israel sin, but walked in them. And the wooden image also remained in Samaria, for he had left of the army of Jehoiahaz only fifty horsemen, ten chariots, ten thousand foot soldiers, for the king of Syria had destroyed them and made them like the dust at threshing. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiahaz and all that he did and all of his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And so Jehoiahaz rested with his fathers and they buried him in Samaria. And then Joash, his son, 
reigned in his place. So in the 37th year of Joash, king of Judah, Jehoash, the son of Jehoiahaz, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned 16 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, but walked in them. Now the rest of the acts of Joash, all that he did and all his might with which he fought against Amaziah, king of Judah, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Joash rested with his fathers, and then Jeroboam sat on his throne, and Joash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Lord, we just thank you for this. uh, We thank you for all of Scripture, honestly, Lord, but there's so many things, Lord, as we read this. Lord, it, 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 it is so like human nature. And Lord, you're showing... Lord, human nature on display. And Lord, it's never pretty because uh, human nature uh, of its own devices, of its own will, Lord, does not seek you. In fact, your word says that. There's none that seek God, none. They have all gone astray. They've all gone after the way of Cain. (laughs) And Lord, we we were the same way. And so, Lord, encourage us as we read this, Lord, that we would see in it a mirror, but we would also see in it, God, the the wonderful grace that you've extended, Lord, not only to the men and uh, of old, uh, your people, but Lord, we would learn from this as well, Lord, about who we really are, especially uh, apart from you, Lord. We are nothing. And so we need your help. We need your help. And especially in the country right now, in this time in history, Lord, we are in a mess, Lord, and we need you. We need your help. And we ask, Lord, that you would help the church. Lord, that we be faithful to do what you've created us to do and to be. And that's to glorify you at the very least, Lord. So help us to do it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week when we looked at uh, chapter 12, I had mentioned that the, the books of First and Second Kings was very reminiscent of the book of Judges, where you see the uh, just the people you know, doing well, and then uh, when, when they got comfortable and things were going well, Then they fell into idolatry, and then God raised up enemies against them to chasten them for their idolatry, and then God would raise up a deliverer, and then they would get out of that, and then they would rise to the epiphany again, and it would just be this constant roller coaster. And and Judges is like that, and and 1 and 2 Kings is like that as well. And it's a very difficult thing to watch, but but again, such is... uh, such it is in us too, apart from God. And even when we're trying to worship God in our, in our flesh or when we get our eyes off of him, we, we're just so inconsistent and we're just all over the map. And that's why we are always encouraging all of us, all of you, and, and, and I need to do this myself, is, is to abide in Christ. I need to abide in him daily and I need, to, I need to really examine my life every single day. I need to look at those things that have been uh, that I know are issues for me, and, I, and I, I can't play with them any longer. I don't know about you, but as I get older, I see these things from my past, these, these little foxes, these little, I, I liken them to little uh, shih tzus, the little, little lap dogs that yip and yap, and then they, they bite the back of your ankles. And if you have a shih tzu, no offense. Um, but uh, they're, they're like that. They come after you at different times. They're nipping at you, nipping at you. And you have to shake that off. You have to put off that old man. And now is, it, it's high time for the church to really rise 
out of our slumber in in our country. We need to rise up from it. We need to get serious about our walk with Christ and no longer engage and indulge the flesh. It will always lead you down. It will always lead you down. And so we must do this. For the honor and glory of our King Jesus and for an example for those who are around us who are wondering what this is all about. And instead of getting angry and bitter, we need to be better. <laughs> we need to be much better. And I, it needs to start with me. And So let's pray for each other in that. But, uh, but let's look at this because um, we're going to see in this chapter the death of Elisha. And this wonderful man who was a protege of Elijah. And uh, the scripture, so far we've looked at it, and Elisha had all he wanted when he saw his master ascend into heaven in that, that chariot of fire, and he, he ascended. The Lord translated him, or raptured him, if you will, and took him from the earth. And yes, Elijah is like a type of the church, I guess. And especially Enoch back in Genesis, because he, he, he raptured Enoch before the flood judgment, before the judgment that came on the earth. He removed Enoch, and Enoch is even a better example of a type of the church before the wrath of God is poured out in the last days. For God has not appointed us to wrath, has he, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so... We looked at this wonderful man's life and just his ministry and just wanted a double portion. He saw the, the wonderful thing that God had done in the life of Elijah, and he wasn't a greedy man at all. And for you to hear that phrase of his or that request of his, you know, what is it, Elisha, that you, that you would want? What can I do for you, Elijah said to him. He said, I just want a double portion of what the Lord did in your life. And he wasn't greedy. He was just seeing the blessing You know, there's nothing wrong with really desiring blessings from God because they're pure and they're holy, they're right. And when God blesses you, there's no repentance in it. There's no feeling of ill will at all. And and, and, and it's pure and it it, it feels right. You just know that it's right. You're like, I'm just so thankful. It's so free. And see, God wants us to be like that. But But Elisha wasn't greedy. He was just like, I've seen what God is doing, and I just love it. I love what God does, and I want that. Do you want what God wants? Do you want what God wants to do in your life? If you do, then it will require a surrender. It will require a surrender. We have to surrender. I have to put aside my own plans, and I had plans for my life, and they were very different from what I'm doing now. But I'm so glad because he had a better plan, and I didn't know it. And eventually he showed it to me, and I stumbled upon it. And I'm so glad that I did, because my life is more blessed now than it's ever been, honestly. And so it's good to give in to the Lord. It's good. And we're going to see that uh, Jehoiahaz tonight, even though he was an idol-worshiping king, There came a point where he pleaded with God, and God listened to him. And I love the grace of God 
That even, even in these northern ten tribes, none of them turned out to be any good. They were all evil, and they all followed after the sins, the similitude of what Jeroboam did at the very beginning. Remember when Solomon, you know, there was, there was Saul, King Saul, and then David for 40 years, and then Solomon for 40 years, and then that kingdom, that monarchy, that united kingdom split in two. And, and then, you know, Rehoboam, uh, Solomon's son, he began to reign the, the southern two tribes. And then uh, Solomon's general, Jeroboam, he began to reign in the northern ten tribes. But he, he started off an idol worship from the very beginning. He never stopped. And, and you'll notice the, the common refrain throughout the chapter as we go that this king did this and he did evil in the sight of the Lord and he didn't depart from the sins of Jeroboam. And God is making us aware. He's pointing back to the progenitor of that kingdom from the very beginning and saying it never, got, it never was healed. That wound was always stinking. It was never cleansed. It was never healed. It continued. It perpetuated in its ugliness and never was healed. It was never repented of. So let's look at it. So in the 23rd year of Joash, the son of Amaziah, Ahaziah, excuse me, king of Judah, Jehoiahaz, the son of Jehu, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned 17 years. One of the things that is very interesting about these, uh, these chapters that we're in right now is that there are a couple kings <clears throat> who had similar names. In fact, Joash and Jehoash. Uh, Joash is just a contraction of Jehoash. Jehoash. So Joash is a contraction of Jehoash. But um, the, the New International Version, the NIV, they, they make it very clear, and the translators made it very clear as they were referring to, because one of them is a king of Judah and the other one is a king of Israel, and they actually lived at the same time. And so there's a lot of confusion about which Joash, is it Jehoah? And you have to be really careful. Follow the footnotes in your Bibles and those little numbers and look down because you'll find that um, a lot of times it'll give you exactly who it is that it's referring to. Because if you don't have a handle on that, it's going to be pretty confusing. But thank God, the NIV, unlike the New King James Version, they, they, they made sure that Joash was always referring to the, the king of Judah, and Jehoash was always referring to the king of Israel. And the New King James Version, unfortunately, they, they switched those names around at different places. As you look in Chronicles, you'll see that where they mix and match these names, and it can get really crazy pretty quickly. And, and it did me. As I, as I was reading this, I just had to like hang on for dear life and look at all the notes and look at everything. And so be aware of that, because you're thinking you're reading about one guy, but you're actually reading about another, so you have to be really careful. And sometimes it tells you right in the text who, you're, who it is that it's speaking of. But it is important to know who and what is being spoken of, because otherwise your whole understanding of the idolatry of the northern ten tribes... And even the slippings of the southern two tribes, um, you, you won't see that as clearly if you don't. So uh, just a summary of Joash. We looked at him last, um, last week. Remember, Joash was the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah. And he was the last son of his father, um, Ahaziah. And the other uh, royal members of his family were killed by uh, Athaliah, remember Athaliah was the, 
the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. And so she was a really great gal. She was just an exemplary Christian. No, she was just the exact opposite. She was a devil. (laughs) She really was. But she killed all the royal seed and she placed herself on the throne for six years. And we saw that last time we were together. No other time has there been a woman on the throne of Judah ever. But she killed everybody else and placed herself on the throne. But thank God, a high priest by the name of Jehoiada and Jehosheba, the, his, his, uh, his, his, I guess it was her, his aunt, I guess, uh, saved him as Athaliah was killing all of Ahaziah's son. They saved Joash and hid him for a time until Jehoiada, this high priest, overthrew Athaliah and placed the rightful heir, Joash, on the throne at the ripe old age of seven years old. And Jehoiada, remember, was a great man because uh, this young boy needed somebody. And so Jehoiada, this high priest, was sort of like an uncle to Joash. And he raised him and helped him. He did everything for him. He, 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 he did everything. He prepared. He was one of those men that you just you admire because he just did it very good. And he, he was discipling this young boy. But as Joash got older and as Jehoiada got older, Jehoiada finally, in his old age, he dies. And then the princes and the people around Israel come up to him and and up to Joash and they seduce him to go back into idolatry. Because all the time that Jehoiada was alive, Joash was cleansing the temple and doing the right things because his, his governor, his master, was watching But once the master was out of the picture, Joash, like a dog returning to its vomit, he goes back into idolatry and it ruins him. And then Jehoiada's son now, who is high priest, he confronts Joash. And Joash gets so angry that he kills Zechariah, Jehoiada's son, who is now high priest. He kills him. After all that his father Zechariah's father had done for this young man. He not only, he kills him and continues in his idolatry. And it's a horrible thing. And finally, when Joash dies, he, he doesn't get buried into the, with the normal kings of Israel. He gets buried in Jerusalem, but not in the, the tomb of the kings. He was buried in a separate place because he was not worthy. And he wasn't. He started off well, but he didn't finish well. And so Joash reigned 40 years, and so Jehoiahaz, king of Israel, son of Jehu, he began reigning at the 23-year mark of Joash, king of Judah. And Jehoiahaz, this king of Israel now, he reigned from 814 to 798 B.C. And have you ever noticed how the northern tribes, often it's called Israel, and later on in the prophets you'll hear it called, called Ephraim, but it's really speaking of those northern ten tribes. Have you ever noticed how they were just always languishing? There were signs this week. I was just going through this, and I was just able to you know, label four different things of the instability in the northern ten tribes as opposed to the southern two tribes. It was very obvious to me. And I started to write down some things, and one of them was every king of Israel, the northern ten, were, every one of them were evil. And yet, in the southern, there were a handful of kings, nine of them, actually, that started off really well, and then some continued really well. I think there was only five kings that were exemplary, 
meaning they were reformer kings. So as they continued to slip into idolatry, there were kings like Josiah, who finally, seeing the decrepitness of the kingdom, decided we're going to change things, and we're going to clean out all of this Asherah, and all these wooden images, and all of these sun gods, and all of this stuff to Baal. We're going to clean it all out, and we're going to kill the priests of, those, of that false worship. And he did, and he was one of the best reformer kings ever in the line of Judah. But never in the northern ten tribes was there a good king. They were all idolatrous evil. So that was the first thing. The second thing was there were nine different dynasties in Israel, in the northern ten tribes. Nine different dynasties. And it was broken. That's why there's nine different dynasties. But in Judah, there was only one dynasty, David, the Davidic dynasty. And what that, all that means is that David had a son, and his son had a son, and, and the, the line of kings was very clear. But not so in Israel. And you can already see just the, the decay of what's happening up north. There's just so much, dis, dis, everything was just discombobulated. There was no order. And whatever there's sin, wherever there is sin, and, and sin free to reign, it will always yield trouble. Always. And thirdly, the reigns of the kings of the north were, on average, shorter than the kings of, of, of the line of Judah. On average, shorter. Because people would kill each other to get on the throne. And the northern ten tribes, because of their evil, it just bred more evil. And finally, the fourth thing, Israel was the first kingdom to go into captivity. The first one. And it would be, uh, what, 116 years later or whatever, that they'd finally, Judah and Benjamin would go into captivity. But there were probably other things in that list, but it's just interesting that the Davidic line of Judah started out in faith. It started out in faith, and as they progressed, they certainly did fumble many times. But Israel started off in idolatry, and they never, ever recovered. And it's important uh, for us not only to start off well, but to finish well. And that's uh, one of the hallmarks, or one of the things we can take away from this whole entire First and Second Kings experience, is that it's, it's good to start well, but it's, it's really good to finish well. What did Paul tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9? Let me just read it to you. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning in verse 24. Paul says, Do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run, but only one receives the prize? So run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, but thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body, I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And isn't that what it's all about? We want to begin well, we want to finish well, but to finish well is going to require discipline. Something that the church, we need individually and corporately, we need discipline, we need discernment. We need discipline, because if I find myself not being as disciplined as I ought to be. To put my body under. That means that maybe I don't go for, you know, and, and, and it, can, it can start very little with things. 
You know, the, we allow one thing to slip, and then it's not so hard for the next thing to slip, and pretty soon you're slipping all over the place. Pretty soon you're like Bambi on ice, you know, the, the, the legs are out like that. You've seen the, the cartoon, and you're just spinning around, and your legs are... That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Second Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.